0: Hey guys, this is Mal.
1: This is Shari, and this is Blackouts, Blackouts and, and Babies. Yes! <laughs> Hold on, let me get normal. Oh. Let's get cozy. <sighs> Let's get weird. And weird. <laughs> guys, we are
0: recording in Shari's trailer
1: today. Yeah. We won't get into the logistics, but it's been a deal. It's been a deal, and you're gonna hear some wind blowing because it's the fucking Arctic today. Yeah.
0: We're recording uh, from the Arctic tundra.
1: It's been so bad. We're gonna we're gonna get lows of what like four or five tonight, which I know I know other people have it worse. This is pretty bad for us.
0: And I don't mean to be dramatic, but if you find my frozen body <laughs> out in the woods, mm-hmm. I just wandered out and died because I'm sick of these goddamn winters. A cipher in the snow. Yep. You'll find me clutching my my badger claw necklace. <laughs>
1: That you're gonna say clutching my pearls because <laughs> you're being dramatic. Not
0: cla- not classy enough for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got
0: today? What's your favorite?
1: Oh man. I'm about to go on a trip to southern Utah and ride horses for four days, so I'm excited tell about them that. about
0: you abandoning me. Tell them that part. And
1: Mallory is not invited mm-hmm. because Lots of reasons. Because I'm too
0: fun. Because
1: <laughs> people can't keep up with me because I'm such a trick rider. We want to have a moderately good time, not yeah. a great time. So you have to stay home. Yeah. So
0: I'll take one for the team and stay <laughs> home this time.
1: But we'll map it out for you guys. So when we go next, we'll know where we're going. I'm excited for you guys. I'm super
0: jealous. And I'm just going to be a brat until you guys get back. Mm-hmm. So
1: Oh, I'd be a brat, like, before, during, and after yeah. the trip. So. Well, that's why
0: I'm, like, trying to get little digs in. Yeah. Like, I want to say, I hope you have a shitty time but I don't like want to, <laughs> I'm like superstitious about it and it's a ways away. So I'm like, no, we'll just razz us
1: after. Yeah.
0: Okay. What's your favorite? My favorite thing. I have two favorite things. One, I got, uh, I finally got my new saddle mm-hmm. and we took her for a test run yesterday and it's amazing. And this is no shit on the saddle because it's everything I hoped and dreamed for. But I forget that new leather does not move. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like a good worn in saddle. Cause my feet hurt, my knees hurt.
1: (laughs) But I'm just excited to have it. It's It's gonna be a good freaking summer with a new saddle. Yeah. Change your life.
0: I know, and like I'll ride in a shitty saddle for forever. And then you get into something like that and you're like, mm-hmm. what the hell have I been doing?
1: Well, and just knowing that like, you're like, it's going to sit right on your horse mm-hmm. that like, that gives me so much more confidence. Me too. Than a like a saddle, that's going to be slipping around. And yeah. That you're that just like shit. trying to make work. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, um, the guy that I bought it from, is called Naplins Custom Leather. We're going to put his information in the show notes. He's awesome to work with and does
1: amazing work. Mm-hmm. He's working on a kid's saddle for us. For the the future.
0: My other thing was we went to a hockey game last night to watch my nieces dance during halftime or we don't know the rules if it was halftime. The middle part. They had stopped and they removed themselves from the ice. <laughs> <laughs> we know not shit about hockey other than we love that shit. Mm-hmm. Like it was so fun to watch the fights and everything. That that was the best part. But also the fans are different. The hockey fans Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> They're hardcore. And it was it was just cool to see people that are just, like, In wild it. about or about hockey. Because I really like baseball. Like, the last few years, I haven't really gotten into keeping track of all of it. But I get pretty into it when I know what's going on. But man, these people, not like that. Not like that. Yeah. So, anyway, to all you hockey fans out there, you guys are wild as hell. And I love it. And I'm, I'm here for it. See, now you need to watch Shorzy. I do. Now that I know the game. hmm Clearly, I know the rules. I know, you know, the people. I know the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what's your bitch?
1: Um, I just, I don't know. My, my bitch is everything. All of it. But I mean that, I mean, my bitch fits in with our subject, because I'm just like, fuck it and fuck everything. hmm It does. All of it.
0: I feel that. <laughs> um, I have just one that popped up a couple days ago that, um... It just grinds my gears. This guy that I went to school with, so that means he's, like, in his mid to late 30s, okay? And he started a Facebook post. this He's a father, okay? Started a Facebook post by saying, to all my haters out there. Okay. And I'm like, let me stop you right there. I just want everyone to know that if you are posting on Facebook to your haters, Stop.
1: You just gained one new hater. Yeah. Just by saying that. Now I'm a hater.
0: <laughs> because don't be a fucking idiot. Like that. I'm like, I hate to break it to you. You don't have haters. Nobody gives a shit about you. And I mean, I don't mean that rude. I mean it like, who's a hater? Who's going out of their way to hate you? Yeah.
1: Well, wait, what have we're... you
0: done with your life?
1: <laughs> I know. And it's like the wording of that. Yeah. This high school. Seriously. We've been out of high school for longer than I'd care to admit. Yeah. We don't know how long. We're not going to do the math, but well, Stop I want to know that. what he said, no. I know. I should <laughs> look it up. <laughs> but, but it was still. something
0: about like people talking shit and like my life doesn't revolve around all this drama and all that and it's like clearly it does.
1: Kind of kind of
0: It's just it's insane to me to see people that are grown-ups that have like grown-up jobs and children going out of their way to post something on Facebook. Yeah, about that. About haters.
1: Yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of people are just like I said, stuck in high school,
0: mm-hmm. and that's sad. It's uh, it's too much, and if you're doing it, please immediately reevaluate.
1: Yeah.
0: If you have haters, and you're in your thirties, no, you don't, because you shouldn't give a shit about yeah. what people think about your life,
1: and unless you, you're being a piece of shit. And if you really do have haters, like the best way to respond is just to. Keep living your life, your amazing life. Yeah. That sounds stupid, but just keep living your life. And prove to them by your example. Yeah. Like that's that's the grown up thing to do. It's so weird. It's <laughs> <That's> too <laughs> I weird. Know. I know.
0: <sighs> yeah. And then I just so. have one more thing that I want to Or start a podcast
1: and talk about that on your it, podcast. Yeah. Actually.
0: And you could you could literally name it to all my haters. Yeah. And that's it. Should we change the name of the podcast? Oh my <laughs> god! Honestly, <laughs> yeah. But I just had one more thing that I wanted to share because I just listened to, to the Armchair Experts podcast with Dax Shepard as one of the hosts. So anyway, I listened to one of his episodes, and it was the actress Anna Kendrick. Mhm. I think she's on like Pitch Perfect. So she was talking about. She found out that her boyfriend was cheating on her. Mm. They'd been together for a long time. But he had, like, denied it, denied it, denied it to where he was making her feel crazy. Mm. I recommend listening to this podcast if you've ever, not even been cheated on, been in a a relationship that has made you feel crazy. Or even if you haven't, like, listening to it is so understanding of people who you know that have been in an abusive relationship I don't know, just the way that she talked about how she was, like, questioning her sanity. That's how I felt Mm -hmm. in a previous relationship. Like, I, I felt like I was going crazy. Like, did I remember that wrong? And he would even say stuff to her, like, are you just trying to torture me? And, like, that can be said in so many different ways to make you feel like your intuition or whatever you want to call it, your gut is wrong. And... He basically manipulated that to make her feel like, I can't even trust my own judgment. It's such a good episode, and she's, like, so real about it. It's really cool. Cool. Uh, Dax also chimed in about his mom, who was... His stepdad was really abusive to her. He always saw his mom as this, like, strong, independent, like, didn't take shit from anyone. But then he would, like, watch her get the shit beat out of her. And he just could not understand, like, why someone like her would stay in an abusive relationship. Mm She has been on his podcast, too. I don't know what episode or... His mom. His mom, yeah. And I guess when he had her on, she said... I wrote it down. The physical and emotional abuse I was going through was less painful to me than the embarrassment and shame I would have felt going through another divorce or feeling like I failed again. Mm. Wow. And I'm like, holy shit. Wow. It makes sense. Like, you Mm -hmm. kind of pick your shame, like... And honestly, for me, it just resonated with me because it was so, like, I don't want to fail at being a mom to these stepkids. I don't want to fail at a marriage. And, like, where my parents got divorced, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be just, like, my mom and dad and be divorced and Mm -hmm. be another statistic. That, like, freaked me out. Yeah.
1: But, like, when in reality, I'm sure, like, all of that, like quote embarrassment or whatever, was not as as bad as you no. thought it was going to be.
0: Right. But in your mind, when you're like going in a bad situation, it, I don't know. It's just I recommend listening to it. They both have some good. And what's it called again? So the podcast is called Armchair Experts. They don't number their um or their episodes, but it's Anna Kendrick.
1: Anna Kendrick, and we can post in the show notes too. But do does it show like a date that it was posted? The episode came out January 9th. Cool. I think I might have to listen to that.
0: She also talks about how, like, there was no abuse at all until she questioned. As long as you're doing everything that they (laughs) want. And it literally made him just, like, fall to pieces. Mm -hmm. And it kind of shows you how fragile abusive people are. Mm -hmm. That he could keep it together until he was confronted about something that... You know.
1: Yep, as long as you're hanging out with their friends and doing the things they want to do yep. and not questioning anything. The relationship's great. Right. It's awesome. Don't ever hang out with your friends though. Don't ever ask questions though.
0: And she made a good point too about that of like, you know, everything was perfect until I questioned something that embarrassed him. Mm-hmm. And she, I'm going to just tell the whole goddamn thing. So you don't even have to listen to it. No, really listen to it because I'm going to butcher it. But she basically found the messages and everything and it just like made her realize that he had like fought her tooth and nail that it was she, he was not cheating on her. She ended up talking to the girl. Oh. And found out that the girl rejected him. Huh. So her bringing this up was just a total hit to his ego. Uh-huh. So not only was he lying, but he had been rejected by someone else. So it was just the like, sight. And then his girlfriend brought it up. Uh-huh. She keeps bringing it up. But anyway, yeah. So listen to it. Wow. Damn, son. Again, sorry. The audio is just going to be... The wind is howling. The content's going to be good. So hang in there. Maybe. <laughs> I. I um... Maybe. Well, hmm. uh, do you have anything else? Um,
1: I, oh, I do have one thing. And I've been huh. meaning to talk about this for a minute. And my God, it makes me fucking emotional. Don't start crying. I am gonna start crying, and I don't know why. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Tom, I'm on the verge. Like, like oh my. Always lately, like all fucking weekend. Ooh, why does this get me so much? So I saw a TikTok because I'm on TikTok now. I I said I'd never do it, but now I'm on it. But there's like there's a lot of good shit on there. But it's like this this child therapist. She's like, if you have like childhood wounds that you're still dealing with and stuff. She said a way to, like, help heal that is, like, if you're driving in your car, like, look in your rearview mirror and picture yourself as... <laughs> I don't think I can I know. I know I do that. I don't Why is that so painful? Already? I don't know. Just... I don't know. I, mean, I haven't even done it yet, because I, like, I've tried and I just can't. Yeah, so it says, like, when you're driving in your car, look in your rearview mirror and picture yourself as a little child in the back seat, and just ask them like hey are you okay back there do you need a drink like just talk to your kid self and like ask if they're okay and they have their basic needs met but it's just so it's like so basic like asking if your basic needs are met in that back seat you know but yeah it says like you don't even have to go into like trauma things just asking that little girl if she's okay back there if she needs a snack if she's hungry if she's cold they said even, like, if you have kids now, you can even, like, picture them sitting next to your kids in the back seat. I know. And it said, like, you can get further into it, too, if you want. Like, you can you can get, like, into the trauma and stuff. But, like, they said, that's a really good starting point is just picturing them. It's true, though, because, like,
0: even opening that door... Mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly... <laughs> I know. Clearly, for it. us, even opening that door is yeah. a little rough. Yep.
1: But like it helped me too, cause um my aunt had sent over all these old pictures. Yeah. And like so I had been looking at all those opi- old pictures like of myself, and then I saw that TikTok. So it was e- it was like easier for me to like try and picture like yeah that picture and like sitting in the backseat. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Okay. So
1: if so you ever you
0: guys can try it, <laughs> let us know
1: how it goes. I know. Cause maybe, maybe, we're fine. <laughs> maybe like don't do it while you're driving. Like maybe wait till you're like parked in the driveway. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to. Like, maybe
0: you... It sounds like you maybe need to. I don't know. Like, uh, I've dealt with every all of my stuff, so... Yeah, yeah you're set. You're yeah. good. <laughs> okay, well, that's just a precursor for how we're gonna ruin your fucking day yeah.
1: today. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got it all out now, so okay. I think I'll be, like, probably stone cold for the rest of good. the podcast. Good, good. So. I won't, because <laughs> once I open
0: the floodgate... Well, should we get into it then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. All right. What are we talking about today?
1: We've talked about them before. The big A and the big, big D. D. <laughs> Anxiety and depression. Our bread and butter, if you will. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a whole episode free on this. We, have, we both decided we wanted to have a couple disclaimers that we wanted to put out there before we started this episode. This is kind of a sensitive one for, obviously, we're sensitive already, so. Yeah,
0: we've been wanting to talk about it for quite a while, but it is just, like, it's heavy to kind of, one, open up to people about it, and two, like, just when you fight it, when you fight these things all the time, it's almost like, I don't know, I Mm -hmm. feel like it's, like, hard to, it's hard for me to open up
1: about it, I guess. Yeah, same and I I have to be, like, in the mental space to be able to dig into it and talk yeah. about it. We plan to do this episode for, like, a few weeks now. And every time the week comes, we're like, I'm not like, mentally capable today. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about something else. What do you have as disclaimer-wise that you'd like to put out?
0: My disclaimer is that, obviously, like, this is our experiences mm-hmm. with anxiety and depression. If you came here because you thought we were doctors, I'm sorry to disappoint you we're not. <laughs> everyone has their own experience and everything that we're going to talk about is how we have dealt with it. Mm. doesn't make it right for you or wrong for you or whatever, but
1: everybody goes through this thing differently. So I just, that's my main thing. And uh, my other one, that was one of mine, but my other one is I don't, I don't come into this at all as a poor me kind of way. Same at all. Cause like I, If anyone, anyone that like actually knows me, like I'm not going to do the poor me. My life is so sad. I'm going into it in a, I want people to know like that are feeling this way, that they're not alone because that is one of the things with these things is like, it can make you feel really alone. Yeah. So I want people to know that they're not alone. And then also like, if you don't have this prob these problems, like it's important, important to recognize these symptoms and stuff in someone that you love and know, like how, know how to understand them and how to help them. That's why I want to do it. And then, and then my final thing is like with depression, like I know how blessed my life is. And like, I literally have everything that I ever wanted, like an amazing husband, an amazing kid, the ranch, everything. I have everything I ever wanted. That's not what it's about. Like depression doesn't work that way. Like you could be, you can have literally everything that you ever dreamed of and still feel this way. Right. So it's not, it's not an ungrateful thing. It's not anything like that. That's just not how it works. Right.
0: (laughs) And that's, you know, we'll kind of get into it with anxiety too, is like anxiety doesn't work with like, well, just stop worrying about it. Yeah. Just turn it off. Yeah. It it doesn't work that way either. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of that though is like, like if you don't understand somebody's mental illness, Don't just think, well, she's ungrateful then, or Mm -hmm. she just wants to worry.
1: Yeah. Or whatever. Your life would be a lot easier if you just stopped worrying. Seriously.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we we fucking know. Yeah,
1: duh. (laughs)
0: But, like, educate yourself. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't want to help somebody with it, just to understand. Yeah, just
1: understanding them, and so you don't be a prick to them. Right. (laughs) I guess, you know? So, yeah, so Mel's going to kind of talk more about anxiety. Yeah. And I'm going to go more into depression, because that's kind of what we work with. Yeah. That's what, what we've been dealt. <laughs> so.
0: So I've talked about it a little bit before that I've been anxious my whole life, I feel like. um, So, like, I remember being little, having, like, I didn't realize what it was, but being anxious about stuff that I had no control over. And to be honest, I think that that kind of came from, like, my parents being divorced mm-hmm. and, like... I've said this before too. Like my dad lived across the street and it always just like freaked me out. It always felt like two different worlds. And so I think I right (laughs) next to each other. Like it was the weirdest thing. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of like sparked it a little bit is like, oh, am I going to run into my dad or do I have to go to my dad's or when am I going to go to my mom's? It like brought this out. Mm -hmm. I say this a lot too. Like parents are always doing the best they can and I know they were doing Well, they could. So it's definitely nothing, no shit talking against them, I guess, Mm -hmm. this time. (laughs) You're not safe, though. Yeah. But, so I've always been that way. And it kind of, it started with stuff like that. I remember, like, being paranoid about us running out of gas because maybe someone ran out of gas one time. But that's kind of how it started. (laughs) Like, I would overhear this, like, adult thing, and in my child brain, I would just pick it to pieces yeah. So it just, kind of, I think it, it kind of always started that way. I was a little nervy <laughs> is what they would call it back in the early nineties, you know? Um, so that's the way it kind of was. And then I wasn't diagnosed with anxiety until I was in my mid twenties. I always fought it, but once I was able to like actually label it, it, I still fight it every day, but it made me be able to pinpoint what was going on mm-hmm. basically. And that alone was worth worth it to me. Um, so I was diagnosed with what's called generalized anxiety, and there is a lot of different types of anxiety, but mine is just the all-around good stuff. Hey, but you get the best of all three, right? Exactly. Generalized anxiety, this is just the definition, a mental condition characterized by excessive or unrealistic anxiety about two or more as- aspects of life, work, social relationships, Financial matters. Accompanied by symptoms such as increased muscle tension, impaired concentration, and insomnia. Oh,
1: boy. So we
0: call that the trifecta. (laughs) I haven't unclenched my jaw since 2008. (laughs) When my anxiety gets bad, I start to just picture bad shit happening. Like, horrific shit. A lot of times, for some reason, my brain goes to fires. Like, I feel like there's going to be a fire. And it's always like I'm trying to save people. But when I'm feeling overwhelmed with life, these thoughts kind of take over. Mm-hmm. And so everything com- becomes really scary. Those kind of thoughts can just kind of become unbearable and uncontrollable. Some of the symptoms that you might see when it starts happening or throughout the whole thing is feeling of restless restlessness or being wound up or edgy. And that, I really just think, is part of my personality. It's just who I am now. (laughs) Like, that's... If someone is to describe me, (laughs) like, that's (laughs) (laughs) being fatigued. Because when you are running a fucking marathon of bad shit happening in your head... yeah. It wipes you out. Like, there's some days where I'm just like, holy shit. And honestly, right now, I'm glad that we're talking about this because my anxiety's been terrible. So, I kind of always am, like, talking myself off the ledge... Putting a name to it and being able to learn different things like what works for me, breathing exercises. It sound it does sound crazy, really. But drinking enough water. Mm. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. if I'm not drinking enough water, it like amps me up even more. Mm. Um, too much caffeine, which I, I'm not a good example of that. Difficulty concentrating.
1: Well, you're concentrating on all the bad shit. That's yeah, happen.
0: exactly. I was trying to read you guys a list of. The symptoms. Feeling restless, wound up, or edgy, being easily fatigued, having difficulty concentrating, being irritable, having headaches, muscle aches, stomach aches, unexplained pains, <laughs> difficulty controlling feelings of worry. Yeah, and having sleep problems. So my sleep also suffers a lot too when I kind of lose control of those thoughts spiraling. It affects, like, me physically, mentally, my sleep, everything. Uh, With, when my uh, anxiety gets really bad, some of the first things that start to happen when I'm trying to, like, keep it together is I get obsessive about some stuff. Because when you can't control what's going on in your brain or you feel like you can't fight it... It's human nature to try and control something. Mm -hmm. Grasping
1: at straws for
0: something. So now I'm going to obsess about cleaning my house or making sure every book in my house is in order or making sure every bed in my house is Mm -hmm. perfectly made or laundry or whatever. I start to obsess about stuff like that. And honestly, there's times, especially this last year, I've really struggled with it. But there's times where when I can't control that anymore, it does turn into a, a depressive episode which Shari will talk about, but I wanted to just kind of talk about some things that help me um, when I am having a hard time, is like being able to talk about it. Being able to say, hey, I'm super anxious right now, so sorry if I'm not myself. Or maybe I need some time alone because I am so anxious. So being able to say those things out loud, I think is everything. Mm-hmm.
1: It makes a huge difference to which be able to, like, to talk about being it. Being able to label it in the first place yeah. gives you gives you that ability to say I'm anxious.
0: And, like, I've always been <clears throat> weird in crowded places or I've, it's always made me super anxious being in crowds of people. And so now being able to, t- like, tell you or tell Jake, hey, you know, this kind of situation wigs me out. Like, I kind of need you to take the lead on this
1: or, like, mm-hmm. whatever we're doing, like. Or just be okay with me, like, being quiet. Yeah, or, like, exactly.
0: If yeah. I'm being quiet, you know why I'm being quiet. <clears throat> like Sherry said, I don't ever want anyone to, like, baby me or feel sorry for Mm -hmm. me or anything like that because I don't just let it take over me. I am constantly fighting these like horrible thoughts, you know, the need to be anxious about something. I'm always talking myself down from it. And I think you have to, when Mm -hmm. you have anxiety or depression, you're constantly fighting these things that could, that you easily could let just take over your life. Mm -hmm. So I don't expect that. But one thing that I think would have helped when I was a kid, to be able to talk those things out. Hey, I'm worrying about this adult issue. And instead of being told, you don't need to worry about that. Yeah, like, no shit. I'm a kid. I don't need to worry about that. But explain to me so that I have, like, a resolution on it. So my kid brain isn't just making up a resolution. You don't need to worry about this because... Yeah, because whatever. Or... Like, saying something that made me anxious and then it kind of being laughed off, which I get. Mm-hmm. I get, like, kind of going, oh, like, no, like, that's nothing. But when you mm-hmm. hear something that's an adult thing and you're you're a child, like, you don't know how to work it out because mm-hmm. you don't understand adult things, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to talk about things when you're a kid. So if your kid comes to you with something like, let's use the gas, for example. Like, I'm afraid we're going to run out of gas. You can say, well, there's this light that turns on if we get low on gas, but here's the gas gauge and you can, you know, I never yeah. let it da-da-da. Take a look at it. Yeah. Like yeah. explain things out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be.
1: Yeah. And just trying to tell him to stamp it down and don't, don't be, don't be scared. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
1: try and, I try and do that with Rip. Like anytime he says he's scared of something, I always try and say like, it's okay to be scared. Mm-hmm. You can be scared, but I'm right here with you. With, I'm right here with you through this. And and if I do say, like, you don't need to be scared, I say it in a way, like, it's okay to be scared, but mom's here with you, and uh, you don't need to be scared because I'm taking these steps to right. keep you safe or whatever. Because I, I feel like so many kids just say, like, blanket comments to their kid or parents say blanket comments to their kids without, like you were saying, without explaining it to yeah. them. Yeah. And you know if something is bothering them. I think that's, like, honestly, with anything, I think that's the worst thing you can say is just get over it. Or, like, don't worry about that. Or stop feeling that way. Right. Like, you can't just shut it down. Like, I feel like there's lots of other things you can say and you can joke about it and shit like that. But when you shut it down like that, Mm -hmm. like, that's not helpful at all.
0: Yeah, well, when you treat somebody that is going through something or feeling a certain way, any feeling, not Mm -hmm. even an anxious person or anything. If someone tells you something and you laugh it off or whatever, that's, like demeaning. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, and you is. may not mean it intentionally like mm-hmm. that, but it's like, I don't expect you to have a full blown conversation with me about how I'm at, that I have anxiety or all this shit, but like, don't, don't, if, dismiss, don't, yeah, don't dismiss
1: what I'm feeling. Cause right. I'm feeling it. Right. I'm feeling it no matter what your opinion is about it. I'm still feeling it. Right. So don't just, cause when you dismiss someone's feelings, you're dismissing them as a person, which that sounds super like frou-frou, hippie, blah, 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 but it's true. Like, you, what are, what are you if you're not your feelings, mm-hmm. you know?
0: And even if you do think it's stupid yourself, it doesn't make it not real for the other person. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, I know I'm kind of all over the place. Well, like you said, you don't, a like, have subject. to tiptoe around everybody. Right. But there are certain things you just don't, just don't say.
0: Well, and I don't expect it's people not to go, oh, are you uncomfortable? <laughs> are you <laughs> no. uncomfortable? But, like, even, for instance, a couple years we went to Moab. I'd never been to Moab before. I've seen videos of that shit, and I don't want anything to do with going to my lap. Like, I did not want anything to do with it. And then I kind of just got to the point where I'm like, well, if I get scared, I'll just get out and walk. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like being a puss and getting out and walking, I'm gonna do that. That's I'm cool. not gonna, that's you know, cool. I'm still gonna go, mm-hmm. but if that's what I need to do, and I think I did it like one time, and then I'm like, No, I'm not walking anymore.
1: (laughs) I just had to get that out of my system. Yeah,
0: I'm good now. But, and I was okay after that. Of course, Mm -hmm. I was still nervous and stuff. And that's my biggest thing is, like, fighting through it, I could have just not gone to Moab. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, with anxiety, you can make your world so small because something makes you uncomfortable. Like, flying, I am a fucking wreck. But... Honestly, I don't think I outwardly show it other than I'm just, like, quiet Mm -hmm. and I just (laughs) want to get there. And in my head, I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs. But the thing is, is on the other side of that is the fun. Wherever Mm -hmm. we're flying to, that's the fun on the other side. Mm -hmm. So I think just, like, for other people that have anxiety, like, fighting through it. And it's okay to be uncomfortable. You should be. Mm -hmm. Everyone has that in them. You should be uncomfortable. You should do shit that scares you, you know? Yeah. Anxiety or not. mm mm-hmm.
1: Every, yeah, everyone should do shit that's
0: Even scary. if it's a basic task of, like, driving somewhere, you know, because there's times where I'm like, I don't even want to go in a vehicle, but you have
1: to just keep fighting through it. Yeah. Well, and I like, I like the out, like, with Moab, where you're like, I can just get out and walk. Yeah. Like, I like that, like, like, and I think about horses, too. hmm Like, I think it's natural for everyone to have anxiety when you ride horses. Yeah at some point. And it's just like that. Like if you're scared and you, you're at the anxiety gets to, you, you can get off and walk your horse. Yeah. You can. And there's no shame in it. Yeah. Like you still do the scary thing. And if it's too much, you get off and walk. But by God, at the end of the ride, you get back out on ride. Right. But like
0: it's. But it's like, give yourself some mm-hmm. grace that you don't have to like either not do it at all. You can halfway do, not halfway do stuff, but like There's ways around things Mm -hmm. so that
1: you feel that accomplishment and then the next time it's even better. Yeah. Like if driving somewhere gives you anxiety, like maybe drive halfway there and pull over and get out and go to a park or something for a while and then get back in the car.
0: Well, even on our road trips and stuff, like if I'm feeling anxious, I would rather drive. I would rather be the one that drives just because it's, it it really is a control thing. Like Mm. I think for a lot of people with anxiety is like the lack of control is terrifying it's nothing against your driving yeah, no, or anyone sense. else's driving. It's just like, right now
1: I'm feeling anxious and I need a little bit of control. Well, it's just like keeping your house clean. Yeah. Like, it's something that you can control. Right. You can control it's this just charm. when it dips on the other side of
0: obsession. Then then you got to rear that back to you. Pump the brakes. It's just a, it's a balancing <laughs> act. Like I mentioned before, so when, when things kind of get out of control for me, this last year was a hard year. And... Things ca- I dipped into the depression side of things to where I think I feel like for me my anxiety hits a point where I can't worry anymore. I have hit a max to mm. where we're all gonna die and, <laughs> and n- <you're> nothing tired. <laughs> makes sense and we're all just hanging on to this earth for what for what and that's when I start to feel depression kick in. So that's
1: that's a whole nother ball game. Which that makes sense because like. They say like with depression and like suicidal thoughts, um, well, especially with like, with suicidal thoughts, it um, those come on when people are feeling trapped, mm-hmm. and so that would make sense that like your anxiety's tapped out and you just can't anxiety anymore, mm-hmm. and then you hit depression. Yeah, like that makes sense because that I would assume that's a feeling of almost being trapped. Yeah. Like I just cannot do this. I can't anxiety anymore. And so that's when you would dip into that. So that makes sense. Well, and that's sense. when I
0: start, yeah, like that obsessive part. Like, even like we've talked about, something as simple as like making my bed every day, I get obsessive about that. And then I go, why the fuck am I making my bed? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck cares that I make my Why am I even, you know, and it can spiral from there so easily. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, when I dip into the depression side of things, that's when I, making my bed or simple tasks like that. My brain can no longer let me do it. Mm-hmm. That's when I go, I, like, I can't even think about it.
1: Yeah. And that's how I live my life every day. I do not make so. my bed and I don't do anything. <laughs> Sometimes I shower. I you do know. everything, <laughs> but maybe just the house stuff. You yeah. The, yeah. House stuff. That's what, like anything outside. I love to go do all the outside chores, but, and maybe that is like depression is where like, okay, well I come inside and I can't handle the thought of even making my bed yeah. or the thought of folding laundry or Well, the just those mundane chores. It. Yeah, there's no room left in. Yeah. There. I wanted to start out with um depression doesn't always look like what you think it looks like. Like people think depression and they think someone moping around and just like fucking sad. And it doesn't look like that all yeah. the time. Sometimes it does. But a lot of the times it's the person that's making all the jokes and life of the party and like mm-hmm. having a good time. <laughs> which Stephon. I feel
0: like we've seen enough Like even thinking about celebrities A lot it's of comedians, comedians. Yeah. yeah
1: yep. And like I'm always finding all these words But it's called masking mm-hmm. You're masking the depression by Being the fun person And it's such a weird like conundrum too Because like they might be genuinely happy But there's still this dark cloud Of <laughs> depression over you Which is such a Like a mind-boggling Thing. Cause like for me, like I am happy, but at the same time I'm not, you know, and I don't know how to explain that yeah. any, any more than that. <laughs> so you feel that so, all the time. Um, yeah. Okay. But like I was, I have, yeah, I was going to say too, like I kind of generally idle at like a light depression, but like when I have sunshine and adventures and stuff like that, like it's, Very, very low on the radar. Like, it's not even a thing, you know? But when winter hits or when I have, like, a bunch of issues, like, banking in on me and, like, making me feel trapped Mm -hmm. or whatever, that's when I get, like, bad. I feel like I remember feeling depressed as long as I can, like, have memories since I was, like, really little. But I didn't have, like, the verbiage to know what it was, you know? I always felt... Different, like I don't know how to explain it. Even as like a, as a kid, how I felt, like I always I wanted to be alone a lot. Like I always kind of was just like a loner. Mm-hmm. Like within my family, like I had friends and stuff, but I like to play outside by myself and all that stuff. And I do have, like I remember for sure, like thirteen or fourteen, kind of realizing what it was and realizing that it was like a problem. And I've talked about this in a, in a couple other episodes, but like I grew up in like in a pretty abusive family. And I was kind of like the target of all of it. And so obviously you could see how I could feel trapped. And I'm 13, 14. I can't leave. Mm -hmm. I I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything about it. Right. So that was probably one of like the darker times. And I did like self-harm because I couldn't leave. I couldn't do anything about my situation, but like the self-harming was almost like a release, like a a way to like escape and something you had control of and something I had control of. Mm-hmm. And like, a, and I said it in the other episode too, it was a pain I could identify. Mm-hmm. I couldn't identify the pain inside of me, the pain that I felt when I saw would with, with self harm, I could identify. And then, yeah, there was an <clears throat> another time in my life. Um, and like, I like I was going to say, like, I'm, I'm a really resilient person. It's not like the first sign of something going off course or whatever. I go into a deep depression. Like yeah. it has to be like, so like my work situation probably about seven or eight years ago, like I was doing the work of two or three people. I wasn't able to get all my work done and I was being like chastised about it. And that went on for like two years and slowly over the two years, I went into like a really deep, deep depression and I didn't realize it cause it happened so slowly, but like I had never felt depression like that before like it was physical. Like it felt like my head was stuck like in like a tar pit. That was like, the, oh, I don't know why that came to mind. Like, I don't, I can't even explain it, but like I felt like my head was just like stuck upside down in this tar pit and I couldn't pull it out. Like it was the weirdest thing to have like happen to me. But that time I actually did get on antidepressants and like I remember walking into work that day, the first day I was on antidepressants, Cause I was fine. And that was the, that was the hard part is like, I was super depressed five days a week at work, the weekends I, my life gave great. you life again, but like not enough life to like balance out what happened the five days before. So I, would so it was just like this slow drop over time. Mm. So, but the, the day I walked in to work and I felt myself sinking into that pit, the antidepressants, like I felt it, my, I felt it physically go away. Like as I was sinking in, it it was like, nope, it like popped me up. It was the weirdest fucking shit. Uh, And then uh, the last time it's happened to me is it was after having my kid, like a year after. And it just like, as you can imagine, like the trapped feelings, like I, I felt trapped. I can't leave. I'm not going to leave my kid, but I feel, and it was winter time too. So I'm like, so that just really brought that on. So, yeah, signs that it's coming on, restlessness, and it always happens during winter. Not the deep, dark ones, but I, it's, winter's not a good time for me. Same. Um, I used to think it was cabin fever. I think at some point I realized it's not yeah. cabin fever.
0: <laughs> <You're> right, this <laughs> but, isn't the 1960s. It's not cabin no. fever.
1: We know what this is. Yeah. And then, yeah, but then, like, last week, like, I had a couple days, like, in a row where I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about anything. Like, I literally don't care about anything. And, like, I had to go to work, and I just, like, honestly just sat there, and I just, like, looked at my desk. Because I'm like, I I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't have any, I have nothing for any, anybody. Yeah. I have nothing to offer anybody. Yeah.
0: And that's how I felt, like, when I got divorced, or I was, like, the last, about the last year that I was mm-hmm. married and was going through that, is, like, I've never felt depression like that so then anytime now that I feel that happening I almost like panic because I'm like no yeah I can't feel that way again I because I honestly I just the I've said this on another episode too that the counselor that I was going to she yeah. said I told her I said I don't want to kill myself I'm not saying that I just don't want to be anywhere mm-hmm. I don't want to leave I don't want to stay I literally I it's I can't, I don't want to be anywhere. And she said, what do you think the next thought's going to be, mm-hmm. though? And, and it clicked for me that I'm like, I can see why people would get to that point where they mm-hmm. would want to end their life. Because yeah. if you don't want to be anywhere, well, what do you think that next, you know? Yeah.
1: What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does. It happens slowly. It's not like all of a sudden... And so, like, it is is easy easy to have those thoughts sneak up on you because it happens so gradually. Yeah,
0: and then you're like, holy shit.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, this week, like, this last week, I've been dealing with issues with my son's daycare and issues with my former father. (laughs) And so, like, that with winter coming in, with winter being here and stuff, it all just started to compound. And that's where I start to get to that place because it compounds too many emotionally stressing triggers coming at me all at once and in the middle of winter. If it was the middle of summer, I could handle it so much better. I know. We
0: need sun to thrive. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Also, chronic pain. Anybody that has chronic pain knows exactly how easily depression can sneak up on Mm -hmm. you. Because again, it's being trapped. You're trapped in your body that is having this chronic pain Mm -hmm. that you can't do anything about. And so that's going to bring on depression, I think, in even the healthiest of people. So that's something to get to watch out for, for sure. I wanted to talk about postpartum depression and anxiety, um, because I did deal with that quite a bit. And that's like, people think of like, there's the baby blues, which is, like, the six weeks after you have your kid where you're, all your hormones are getting back to normal or trying to and all that stuff.
0: Well, and knowing all of a sudden you're keeping this thing alive. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yes. that...
0: Yeah. You would be like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, that's a whole fucking yeah. craziness.
1: But then, like, some people don't even get that because they're, like, on a high from the, all the endorphins or whatever fucking shit. Those crazy motherfuckers. Those happy bastards. <laughs> but, um... So, no. Postpartum depression is different than the baby blues. because. Mm-hmm they say postpartum depression can come on from birth to 1 year old and i honestly think even after that cuz like when it happened for me it was almost like a, it was almost a year after i had my son that it hit me and same with anxiety postpartum anxiety it can hit you any time in there too so when you have like friends or family that have a baby like i know everyone's excited about the baby but ask how mom is and you like ask how mom is always Until they're graduated after the mom is. Yeah, I know. Because, like, I know people, they ask how mom is, like, for the first couple weeks and stuff. But then people don't worry about the mom anymore because they're like, oh, she made it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no. Like, it can come on. It can come on much after that. So you need to watch out for mom, too. Which, thank you, by the way, for watching out for me. You're welcome. So, yeah. If you're a mom and you have a one-year-old kid and you're going fucking crazy, like, it could be postpartum depression or anxiety. So... I think, I think a lot of people think, well, no, I had my baby forever ago. Like I, you know, I don't have that.
0: But things like that though, too, is like times they are a change in people. Like this isn't something that you should go, like, especially postpartum depression. Like I think a lot of women just, you hear these terrible stories of people losing their fucking mind Mm -hmm. because of postpartum depression or doing something terrible Mm -hmm. and it's honestly like always like, well, I didn't think anyone would understand or I thought Mm -hmm. that they would think that they would need to take my baby away or something like that. So you're trying to keep your shit together anyways. And then being a new mom. Worrying
1: about judgment. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. And now you have to worry about judgment. Like people don't think that way anymore. If you still think that way, then you're. Yeah. Piss off. Piss off. (laughs) Open that door and be like, I don't, There's zero judgment for me, you know? And, like, I've always made that clear to you. Like, you can say whatever the fuck you you. (laughs) want. And and I'm not going to judge you. You Might write about it in my journal
1: later, but... (laughs) Sherry said the most insane. She
0: is a fucking (laughs)
1: lunatic. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely after having a kid. That's changing my perspective on anything. So, like, anyone that's having a baby or whatever, if you need to talk some shit... About what's going on, you can call me. Yeah. Because I understand and I'm not going to judge you. We'll
0: put Shari's phone number in the show notes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So postpartum anxiety and depression, it doesn't always look like wanting to hurt your baby, wanting to hurt yourself. I think those are the things that come to mind. And there definitely is that, there definitely can be that. But it's also, let's see, so for anxiety, and you might resonate with all of these anyways, but, (laughs) (laughs) um... Inability to relax or keep calm, racing thoughts, obsessing over irrational fears, difficulty focusing or forgetfulness, irritability, uh, feeling on edge, uh, behaviorals, avoiding certain activities, people or places, being overly cautious in situations that are not dangerous, checking things over and over again and being controlling. So that might be alarming for someone that doesn't have anxiety Mm -hmm. in the first place, but then they have a baby and, um, depression difficulty bonding with your baby, um, withdrawing, withdrawing from family and friends, loss of appetite or overeating, um, inability to sleep, overwhelming tiredness or loss of energy, less interest and pleasure in activities you used to enjoy, irritable, hello, um, fear that you're not a good mother, hopelessness, feelings of worthlessness, shame or guilt, reduced ability to think clearly, restlessness, severe anxiety and panic attacks, thoughts of harming yourself or the baby, or reoccurring thoughts of death and suicide. Other signs of postpartum anxiety that they didn't list there that I have heard and have experienced is obsessing over over the baby's sleep and the baby's diet. That's definitely been me. I've been obsessed about naps and sleep since day one. And it took me a while to realize that that was, um, postpartum anxiety or anxiety in general. Overwhelmed by day-to-day things of taking care of baby or just anything. For me, I didn't, I didn't have all of those. I had just some of them, but definitely like thoughts of leaving, like, and just running away. Mm -hmm. Like I had those thoughts all the fucking time and like, it's sad. It's like fucking sad. But like you hear about these mothers leaving their kids, and I used to always think that's terrible. I can't understand that. But then like when I was de- like when I was in that, I was like, I fucking get it. And like not that I would do it. and I, obviously I didn't. But like, until I got to that low place, I didn't understand it and then I, I did understand it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds shitty. It sounds awful. Like, who but the fuck leaves their kids? Yeah, but it's gotta but, be, like, the
0: same thing that I, like, that I was feeling, not the same thing, but, like, similar with, like, it's not like I want to go somewhere, it's not like I want to yeah. leave my kids. Yeah. Or I don't want to leave And I don't want my, my kid, kid to life. go away. Right. Either. But I just don't want to be mm-hmm. here or there or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So you could see how that could spiral. Yeah. From bringing a baby here. God forbid you have a
1: toddler and a baby. Oh my! I don't. Mm mm. I don't get it. Or more. Oh no. <laughs> you know those That's are too s- many. Those are special people <laughs> that can do that. So yeah, check on your mom friends because they're not okay. We see that all over the internet. They're never okay. So. Their
0: baseline is they're not okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Anything above or below that is yeah. whatever. But so. How to deal with depression, with my depression, Um and I've talked about it in another episode. I had it super fucking dialed in, how to deal with my depression, like clockwork. I would never got depressed again. I was happy. I'd had it all dialed in. And then I had a kid and all the things I did to fix my depression aren't always things you can do with the kid. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of part of why I had a, a hard time. But slowly, I'm being able to incorporate those things back in. And it is just consciously making conscious decisions to do the thing. Because with depression, it's like, I know what I need to do. But sometimes, depending on how how far down on the scale you are, I know know exactly I could give you an itinerary of what I should do to feel better. I can't get off my fucking ass and do it.
0: Sometimes, like, I was saying, like, I'm constantly fighting it. Sometimes you're fucking worn out mm-hmm. and you can't fight it. And there is, like, I'm sure you're thinking the same thing as me. Like, riding horses for me calms me. It soothes mm-hmm. me. I It fixes everything in my life. Mm-hmm. But when I'm having wicked
1: anxiety, I'm fucking wiped out. It feels like one more thing to do. It, and it is one more thing to do. The the thing you love the most is a chore mm-hmm. when you're feeling like that. Yeah. And it's almost like... and. It's almost like if someone would just go saddle up your horse for you mm-hmm. and bring it to you and say, get on this horse. Yeah. Then like, you'd be like, okay. That would but be. But it's the
0: doing. Like mm-hmm. the, oh my God, I got like, I gotta got drive to drive <laughs> there for me. Yeah. I got to
1: open the trailer. I got to I've halter got... them and walk them to the trailer. Yeah,
0: it's too much. I know.
1: And honestly, I, I, that just occurred to me. I think that's why I ride bareback so much because it takes little to no effort mm-hmm. to get to riding. So true. You just hop on because there's times that I I just won't ride if it takes going to the trailer and saddling up and going. Yeah. So throwing a halter on and hopping on is like my next best. You're doing it. I'm I'm getting out and doing it. <laughs> and like no matter what your thing is
0: that mm-hmm. that I mean, think about whatever feels, is super fun for you when
1: you're doing it, but mm-hmm. it feels like a chore up until the point that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? If, like, doing puzzles is your thing, sometimes, like, walking to the closet and trying to grab and find the puzzle mm-hmm. and put it on the table could be too much work. Like, it's just, it's so stupid. And that's where people that don't understand or have never, like, dealt with it, like, I'm sure their thoughts are, just do it. Like, you know it's going to make right. you feel better. Just go do it. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I know. I know. So instead of... Here I go. Let's instead go. of saying Let's those go. words, how about you go get the puzzle <laughs> and sit down and start doing the puzzle. Right. And invite the person over to do the puzzle with you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because just sometimes that one little step is all it takes. Something I've noticed lately, too, and I think this is just winter getting to me, too, but I listen to podcasts too much. And... I think that doesn't help my mental state. So I've been consciously switching off. Like I'll listen to a podcast and then I'll listen to music because music makes me so fucking happy. But like, I love listening to podcasts. I love learning and I love doing all the things. But like, there's just something about music that just like brings you up. That's just like a small little thing I've found recently that helps. Um, Talked about it before, tanning.
0: If you don't want to get
1: skin cancer, do the red light therapy. It doesn't get you tan and it doesn't give you skin cancer. So, and it deals with chronic pain. So that's a double whammy. Is that something I've always done that has helped. But like I said, it's harder when you have a kid. Like I just, I grab an adventure anytime I can get it. Like any new experience I can get, I, I say yes. I, I just try and do all the things. Because like my plan used to be like, okay, I got a hike and I got to ride. Those are my two things. Those are going to keep me happy. Mm-hmm. But I can't just hike and ride all the time because that gets mundane. I got to do something random Yep. and do something crazy and then get back to a routine of hiking and riding. And then I got to go do something different. Like right. that was kind of my routine. And I can't, we kind of sprinkled some of these in. So how to help someone that you notice or know has depression, check in. Um, for me, like when I go into depressive episodes, I just kind of recluse myself mm-hmm. and I'm not, like, reclusing myself and being, like, down and depressed. I'm just reclusing myself. And so, like, I'm not sad being alone. And
0: I do that with my anxiety, too. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's bad, because of what's happening in my head, like, I I cannot handle the outside. Wait, I'm just waiting for one more thing to be laid on, mm. on my plate. <laughs> so I'm sure, like, depression feels
1: that way, too, that yeah. it's just, like, I'm going to, like, be by myself Mm -hmm. well I'm like like and it's just like you said with anxiety I'm exhausted just from being like feeling this Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted and like being around people takes energy Mm -hmm. and so like I just kind of recluse myself into my little hole but like I do appreciate when you text me and ask if everything's okay like that like that's nice like it doesn't it doesn't hurt what I got going on here like it helps (laughs) you know what I mean I'm glad And then, like I said, just understanding that, like, if someone's being an asshole, like, because anger, anger and irritability is a sign of depression. Mm -hmm. And so just understanding that, like, if someone you know and love is being an asshole or being bleh or whatever, like, don't take that shit personal. Like, just realize that it's something they're going through right now and just be there with them. Yeah. Like, just just be there. And this one you're really, you're really great at not caring if they're gross because they can't find the energy to take a shower yeah like I I just you'll just sit with me in my filth and it's cool <laughs> again it's stuff that just
0: goes right into that journal and i'm just like <laughs> I, I couldn't identify the smell
1: this time <laughs> so if your depressed friend is gross just let them be gross let it ride they'll come out of it they'll shower again i swear if um, your anxious friend has wore their teeth down to nubs, <laughs> just love them anyway. Just smile yeah. at them and let them smile right back at you. <laughs> and, and then I do have, like, a final tip for people that deal with depression. If you deal with depression and you're a drinker, tone it way the fuck down. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I know, and that's what we want to do. We're feeling depressed. We want to drink, you know? Yeah. But, like, obviously, alcohol is a depressant. So whatever you're feeling, you're going to feel worse. And like we were talking about the other day, like with depression and anxiety, if you like drink on the weekends, but you're good on the weekdays, like that depression and anxiety is going to stick with your body throughout the week from drinking over the weekend. And I always toned down my drinking a whole lot when I was feeling really depressed, but it was, I didn't know anything about that. It was because I didn't want to spill my guts to everybody.
0: Same. <laughs> so. I'm like, what if something that goes on in my head actually comes out of my yeah. fucking mouth and because people are like, <laughs> my God. Because I know I did that way too many times <laughs> in the past How years. How many times I had to text someone and be like, I hey.
1: Know. I am so Sorry. I was kidding. That was just a joke. I'm so sorry I trapped you in a corner. Yeah. So last don't night tell and anyone. spilled my entire life to you. I'm yeah. I'm so sorry. So like the last few years, anytime I felt really depressed, I really basically stopped drinking because I'm like, sorry, friends. When you have
0: anxiety, it might make you feel better and like loosen you up a little bit, relax you while you are drinking. Yeah. But the next day, yeah. that hangover. For me, what kicks in is like, oh, somebody's mad at me. Mm-hmm. I should be doing something. I what if this happens? What if this happens? Your heart rates up. You just feel like dog shit. So, mm-hmm. really, if things are bad,
1: you know, tone it down. And I like in every winter, I tend to tone down the drinking, anyways, just because like I don't know, I just don't feel like it. It's cold. Well, everyone's less social. Yeah. So yeah, the summertime, like it's warm outside. I want a cold drink, but. The yeah. Summertime, I'm kicking the door off the fucking hinges. <laughs> I
0: know. <laughs> and by that I mean three beers. Yeah. So. Same.
1: <laughs> ten years ago, thirty beers. Yeah. Now time three, bears. three and that's beers. Three beers ticket, and that's that's sweet, the sweet spot. And then bed by in the summertime oh. 10, 11 o'clock because the sun goes down at ten thirty. sure. So yeah. But wintertime bed by nine. <laughs> and that's my max. <laughs> That's all I had.
0: That's all we had. But yeah, I think, Whoa. sorry, I was I was a little bit all over the place because Same. I'm anxious. I feel like yours was very well put together. And
1: I was all, I felt like I was all over the place. But, but we only cried
0: in the intro. Yeah. So suck it.
1: Yeah. Who's crying now? You guys thought you were going to cry the whole time. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I just think having people
1: in your life that you can, like, express how you feel, and mm-hmm. sometimes
0: people don't understand, and that's okay. Yeah.
1: And they don't have to, like, the fact that they don't understand doesn't mean they can't support you. Exactly. They don't have to understand everything you're feeling. Even not, like, actively supporting you, like, talking you through things. Just kind of, like, being there without judgment is, like, the biggest support system. Yeah, I totally so. agree.
0: Well, yeah. I hope you guys all stay safe, and we'll put tons of stuff in the show notes, so... You know want to do more research on anxiety depression for someone you love mm. or for yourself we're gonna to put tons of shit in the show notes so
1: yeah oh and take your vitamin d supplements especially Ugh. in the winter take that vitamin d that will help whatever vitamin d you need take it whatever form you take it <laughs> however orally or otherwise <laughs> <laughs> okay so. we love you guys <laughs> love you <ya. laughs>